The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome lockdowns radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, I screwed it up. (laughs) Heelandtoeapparel.com Heel&Toe Apparel is all about making clothes for people who love to drive. They're all about the manual transmission, and we support that. I don't know what else to say about them that we haven't said before. They make the coziest shirts cool sweatshirts the raddest hats they have a really cool new camo trucker hat i love the the new heel and toe badge logo or i guess you call it a shield logo and those shirts look really cool and uh yeah they've been making our rally shirts for the past geez i don't even know now at this point it's like 10 rallies or something and everyone is better than the next i swear it's like everyone is my favorite shirt and this last batch is the same thing we did the sierra rally rewind and they made us some really cool shirts black with gold and uh, i'm in i'm in love with them i think i i took three of them for myself so uh yeah check out heel and toe apparel.com forward slash dwa and use the code dwa at checkout to get 20 percent off your order support those that support us check out heelandtoeapparel.com forward slash dwa check us out and show your support at patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome as well as you know giving us a little support for this uh weekly podcast we provide we also give you some cool benefits like free sticker packs discounts on Things in our store like the license plate stickers, license plate frames, rally hats, a bunch of other stuff. You also get early access to DWA rallies if you're in the area and events like Camping Wall Awesome. Check it out at patreon.com forward slash driving wall awesome. Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name's Warren. I'm Lane. Uh, Mark. And here we are, back together again and all apart at the same time. Uh, Got to, uh, you know, get back in the studio someday here. But until then, we're still coming to you live, recording live onto SD card. And then Lane from puts it all together. <laughs> yep. Different, uh, I think we're all in different zip codes. So zip, it's all happening. Oh, yeah, we are. Warm. Yeah, I'm in an elite zip code. I don't even want to tell oh, anyone yeah. where I am. Yeah. I'm in the so OG, 95062. Two, that was mine. Oh, I thought 95060 is OG, because that's earlier. It's west side, bro. <laughs> but it, it is fun to see. You can tell sort of chronologically, like, when, like, states were incorporated or whatever, because, like, the zip codes, like, in New York, it's like a one, right? It's like one double zero. or something or whatever. Oh, yeah, here. yeah. And, like, Boston's a zero, right? Oh, is it? Yeah. And then Alaska is, like, 9995 or something, you know, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we're back uh, after a 
successful mission to the Pacific Northwest. Feeling good? Feeling great? How are you guys doing? Tired. Um, doing tired? Right. I'm feeling, Why are you so tired? I'm feeling good. I went to bed at 2 in the morning. Why? What were you doing? Partying? I was editing photos. Oh. Uh-huh. oh. I thought you were at Club Gemini. No. You're committed. You photos got, so yeah. that Brad could put an article up this morning. How many did you take? Take or edit? Take total. 2,200? 21 nice. something? Yeah, you're shooting nonstop. And I, I like. And did that article go up? I didn't see it. I do not. I don't know. I don't know when his shift actually. Oh, it says here it didn't make the cut. So sorry about that, Lane. Oh, darn. <laughs> After all that work. But Lane does it right. He shoots, I always hear, at least minimum of 10 frames per image, per sh- per shot. That's the way to do it. Make sure you get it locked in. 10. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what the ratio is, but, you know, you end up like overshooting is always good, right? Especially with yeah. digital. Like there's no yeah. reason not to. Yeah, and people right. blink or the, a fly in yeah. the lens or, you know, I never know. Lens yeah, yeah. off, whatever it is. Do you have two cameras, Lane, or do you just hold, you just do one with different lenses or what do you two do? Two cameras with different lenses. A short and a wide or whatever? Uh, just a short a, and a wide. That would be the I don't know. short and a wide. <laughs> what, do you, what do you call um, it? I shoot Macro, a, like, micro? <laughs> I shoot what you would, what you would call kind of like a walk around lens or like an everyday lens, uh-huh. which is a 24 to 70. So it has like, it can kind of do everything. And then I have a um, 70 to 200, um, and those are both 2.8 lenses. So, uh, yeah, those kind of get everything done. And then I have some other lenses that I might put on occasionally, like a 50. or um, mm-hmm. I have that crazy fisheye wide angle, but which kind of bummed. Actually, I didn't play with it all at this hmm. show. Um, but I bought that one specifically for Radwood stuff just because it's, like, so 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, and but, it's um, is that um I mean it's it looks really soft too, right? So like it's it gives it that old school vibe, right? Um Yeah, I mean it's a yeah, it's 12 millimeter fisheye lens, dude. It's mm. like Yeah, it's cra- if you shoot it at like 2.8, lucky to get anything in focus, but mm-hmm. you know, usually you can open it open it up a lot or or sorry, close it, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um and you can you can get get some cool images. Yeah, that always confuses but, people. Right? Like the higher the aperture number, the smaller the hole, which is like, yes. like what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So, but yeah, it's super good. Like two cameras is so good because yeah. I used to shoot with one camera, multiple lenses, and every time you change a lens, you get dust on dust on the sensor yeah. or on the back of the lens or whatever, and then you have these dust spots that you're having to clean up after the fact yeah. and it's also from like a practicality standpoint like oh. an actually like capture right like you have something in front of you it's over there you need yeah. you just grab that body versus the you know trying to mess around mm-hmm. with anything so that's the, that's pretty standard right for pros like at, at yeah. events um to have multiple bodies like there was yep. the, in, in that um you know i have that rudolph uh or no that reiner uh schlegelmilch is his name the yeah. pro photographer f1 and he talks about having like you know all the bodies, right? He's got who knows how. I can't remember. Like I don't want to exaggerate, but maybe four or five bodies, and then he also sure. has like a little cart. Um, f- and that was like old school back in the day too, where um, because because you know, he has like a he probably has a five hundred mil or yeah. three hundred on a fucking on a monopod or, yeah, or a tripod, yeah, exactly. so he doesn't want to like. And then he has a body you can grab and actually shoot, you know. Yeah. And then he has one for like portraitures, like for people walking by, and then he has one totally. For, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that was like literally carrying, bringing, it has like a little cart behind them, and you know, you're shooting, yeah. like, because like, like the preface to the book is all about how like you know people assume like always say like how glamorous his life has been, right? Like he's had access to all like Formula One since like the late fifties all the way till now, <laughs> and like you know he's he's met everyone and like flown around the world, blah blah. But he's like, dude, like I work my ass off. Like it's not you know like to get from yeah, one a lot of un- the next and what's that a lot reason? of unglamorous times of being alone in hotels and. Yeah. on shitty and buses soaking and wet <laughs> drenched un- soaking uh, wet right on the super hot to get that one shot or uh, you know and how about the exhaust up. fumes and tire you know rubber Dude, spraying about, you and how about all manual focus and the fact that he had you know back and he had uh he had to change film every oh 24 exposures like i complain about having like if i don't even have to do it anymore but when I had my last Sony, I would have to change uh, batteries, you know, every once in a while, like twice yeah. a day. Right. And, like he has to change film every 24 shots, you know? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and yeah, then make sure that film stays in good condition before you can exactly. get it. Exactly. So know, where do you developed. keep all that shit? And then you just put it in a little tube. And then I remember back like, in the day, uh, you go through the x-rays at the airport and it would fuck up film. Was that yeah. true? I mean, I kind of I remember it's a thing. that. Yeah. Yeah, it could. Because right. magnets and stuff. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's also a certain a certain ISO, right? That's more sensitive, like the. Uh, oh the, yeah, the, what was it? From I think oh. it was the the higher the ISO, the easier it it exposes, right? So I think gotcha. it was after yeah. a certain number. I I don't remember the details, but that was a sign you would see, right? Like it would be like, dude, like right. extra, like or for film, pass it through uh, around or whatever. It'd be hand inspected. Yeah, it's like six hundred and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, remember that rig we saw at uh, Carmel Conquerors on the Avenue with that guy with like three flash bulbs on arms? Out? Oh. He had like yeah, a. Yeah. Okay, this guy was like definitely looking like a uh, you know Mr. Pro photographer, and uh, he had like the khakis with the zipper pants on the you know you can make them into shorts real quick. He had like um, you know the vest and the safari hat and stuff and a good camera, but he also had a tripod that had. <laughs> three arms like sticking up into the sky with flashes on top of them so i guess he would just you know blast the cars and flash Whoa. for every shot so it kind of reminds me of a it's like a guy that like you like shot a lot in the 80s and learned all this stuff and then he's shooting now because he like thought he you know all these flashes and stuff and you, you know? get the and wheel like, wells all bright yeah, and then and you get the you get the wheel wells all lit up and all stupid looking yeah, dude. Back in the day, um, like way, way, like back, like I think it was probably up until the fifties. Like the flashes were disposable. It was an actual bulb, and so like you see They're pictures of like yeah. you know like Oof. media events or or press like you know major press events, and there's the the ground is covered in crushed glass, you know, because they just like toss the bulb on the ground and everyone's right. like, stepping all over them. That's just like, like that's like, insane, but that was the norm. Yeah, that's good. It's good times. It's good yeah. times. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that's why I'm tired. Okay. Go. Okay. I, I'm I'm feeling very um mellow, mellow grinds right now. Um, yeah. Did you have a good flight back, Art? We yeah. Didn't, I pretty, didn't pretty say chill. goodbye. Um, I was trying to get I tried to get some work done, but I was so I, I was very tired on the flight and like I was just struggling to keep my eyes open. <laughs> I think was once you sit down after going nonstop, your body's like, okay, you can chill now, and it's like, no, I don't want to, <laughs> but you know, because <laughs> like yeah. when you're in it, uh, you know, you're just you're just going and going. But but um, Bucky gave me some CBD oil. Um, that Ooh. I tried for the first time uh, before this podcast, and apparently it's non psychoactive, right? It's just soothing for the body. And uh, was it uh, ten thirty or 15, 15, 20? 15, 520? I don't know what that is. 
Oh, oh it's different viscosities of oil. Guy. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah, no, funny I'm, guy. I go oil. really like, gotcha, uh, synthetic. <laughs> minimal. I'm, I'm going minimal. If you said dude, 15 very, like, W, it would have been a better. You know, yeah. You uh, w. I'm yeah. talking to car guys, so I didn't think I had to. You know. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's a, a bunch a of dummies. Is what you're saying. There's also Big like TFC dummies. content. It was a stupid joke, so like you had to like really, you had to do better to sell it. Well, just I hope you're quicker. If you get a little better sleep, you might keep up. Or maybe the CBD oils affected me. See, maybe that's true. So how did you take this oil? You snorted or what? Whoa! Stick up your butt. And so the oil sounds horrible. Uh, no, it's a dropper, one milliliter. So into, you your into your eye? tongue, in your eye, directly into your eye lane. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Uh, cool. Into your ear. No, just just you can put it in anything, but I just dropped it directly into my mouth. I, it, it's flavorless. It tastes a little bit like. And there's no hallucinogenic properties, correct? No, it's non-psychoactive. Uh, it does it supposedly has no THC in it, with an asterisk, of course, next to it, because there could be trace amounts or whatever. But, uh-huh. um, but it yeah, was, it was processed I, in a facility that yeah, also gets high. We had a long conversation high. about it, like because I was trying to. I, I I never really looked into it. You know, you see it all of a sudden; it's everywhere, right? And um, we we're talking about what what it what it does, and apparently, it's it's uh, for him, like you know, being like an athlete, like it's it's really. It helps with like inflammation and like it, that's one of the things that it's pretty well known for for like joint health and things like that. So um, my joints are going to be doing really well. There's a pun in Dude. there somewhere with the joints and the CBD, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's right there. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I just you don't should know probably explain. This is uh, this is Bucky Lassick, professional oh, yep. skateboarder yes. and uh, rally driver. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's getting beat up. Well, I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that for sure. Um, until then, questions? Shall we do it? Let's do it. We shall. Mr. Lovrak says, last week Art mentioned how comfortable his E34 M5 was. My E34 M5 has the SLS removed and I can't find a setup that is as supple and compliant as I'm wanting while also retaining stock or close ride height. Does Art or others have any advice on what direction to go? I'm tempted to try M5 front springs, standard rear springs, and have some Bilstein HDs I have sitting on the shelf revalved. Uh, well, I don't know what they're revalved for. Um, what I would he says he's, uh, he's considering have having them. Revalved. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, I remember, I don't know what's going on these days, but there was a Coney yellow option, and you have a tremendous amount of adjustment on those. Um, it's one of these that it's not clicks. It's like infinite adjustment. So you can go pretty comfortable and soft, and then there's the spring rate itself. I don't remember what springs were available. Um, yeah, you might have to do some research. I know that the guys that... Um, distinguished auto group have messed around a lot with sls and all that so i would i would talk to them about what the options are i don't remember mine was functioning i had functioning sls the previous owner had had them rebuilt so um i uh i wrote that setup i didn't replace the suspension yeah got it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i don't know anything specific either so i would say start start with that i like the adjustability but right uh right height is very important on those cars so uh franco gt1 says how come there's not a lot of mark II gti sales on the market no past sales for a while are people keeping the good examples or there aren't many left i think the latter question mostly the latter but also partially people that want them keep them (laughs) i think think a lot a lot of them got beat up more than than you'd think there's not they weren't cherished as much as the mark ones in my opinion yeah for a long time yeah, 
And he's, they, he's right, though. They're very rare to come to the market. I wonder what the sales were because, they, I mean, the, the span of, make, you know, 85 to 90, 92 or 91. 90, yeah. yeah. So that's such a, I mean, they must have sold way less cars per year than the 83, 84s, which kind of, you know, were obviously huge sales, was a huge sales success. Um, yeah. And maybe, and you didn't see Mark 1s for a long time, but they're kind of coming out of the woodwork because... I think people are starting to put money into them and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, we I had, agree. We, they were, um, well, we're, oh, is he U.S.-based? Do we know? I don't oh, know. Oh, Frank so. Because, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Mark 1s were built in, for a long, long time in Europe, too, before we even got them here. Uh, so that makes them more, more more common overall, right? Like, they made way more. But um, yeah. I do remember that the, the big bumper cars were, especially the 16-valve big bumper cars, were, were pretty... They didn't make very many. I want to say for the U.S. market, there were maybe, like, 10,000 or something like that, which isn't very many. Of course, the whole span, though, from 85 through 92 or whatever, they made uh, way more than they did Mark 1 GTIs, right? But um, But the big bumper cars in particular, I remember being pretty rare. Yeah, I think if you find a good one and it's overpriced, you're not paying too much. You're just paying too early. Yeah. yeah In other words, they're they're gonna keep going. And uh, a really really nice example right now is probably twenty. I mean, talking like museum quality GTI, and like it's a lot of car for twenty grand. So yeah, totally. Um, I think um, well, there there are exceptions, though, right? Like there is too much. Like, I mean, like forty five yeah, yeah. grand or something ridiculous. But no, no, but, no. But like, I think you could find a really honest, perfect stock car for fifteen, sixteen, you know, eighteen, something like that. Totally. So yeah, yeah. I think that's totally fine. I mean, it makes sense. Um, and I, by the way, on this on this topic, we're I mean, and also E thirty four M five. I had mentioned that maybe considering getting back into one and. Um, uh, Mike Atati sent me one that his friend was selling on BAT. It's an Alpine white car, which I really like, like 270,000 miles or something on it, which, you know, whatever, um, because the engine was rebuilt and all that stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like a, a daily, like who cares, right? You just own it and enjoy it. I'm What's like, he oh, asking? Um, well, well, it was on BAT and it sold and it oh, was a oh. no reserve car. And I'm like, okay, well maybe what, 13, 14 for something like that? I don't know, like really high mileage, you know, like even if it's got a rebuilt motor and stuff, like that's not a collector car. It's not going to you know whatever yeah i would say high teens or low 20s all right i guess lane a little trivia for you what do you think the car went for i saw it today and i was, I was absolutely flabbergasted oh gosh oh, 29 <laughs> dude so uh let me let me get the the facts straight here real quick it's uh so two hundred forty-seven thousand miles, but uh, oh, two forty-seven. so rebuilt engine blah 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 at some point uh 25.5 wow yeah so that's what's happening now in this market because <laughs> I used to buy a very, very nice like M5. Pristine, yeah, low mileage. I mean, this thing's got you no know, bolster. It's a used car, you know, bolster wear, like, you know, it's got whatever. It's a nice... Yeah, it's a, a, lot, that's a high mileage car. Yeah, with moderate like uh, moderate damage on the uh, um, on the Carfax with, <laughs> with like, accidents wow. and stuff. So it's like, damn, the market is just absolutely bonkers right now. Starrett TK says... Santa Cruz seems like an ideal place to live for a car enthusiast, but if you guys had to move somewhere else, where would you go? This is so funny. Elaine and I had this exact conversation on, on the ride home from the airport yesterday. Oh, yeah? Um, not not for car enthusiasm, um, curb your enthusiasm, but for just overall, you know, place to live, yeah. uh, value, uh, environment, climate, et cetera. Um, we both have, are struggling with living away from the coast. Um 
just being from Santa Cruz, it's hard to, to buy into that. But uh, how about you, Art? You ever think about, uh, as a car enthusiast, where you would want to head out to? Um, I'm right over the hill from you guys. This is where I would live. <laughs> no, I guess you're like outside of the general area, right? Yeah. Um, Let's think um, outside yeah, of Yeah, I have. I have. Um, I, you know, Boulder, Colorado is of interest to me. Like it's not, doesn't snow a ton and it, that could be fun too in a, in a different way, right? For driving. Uh, excellent roads all around, close to a big international airport. Um, it's really beautiful. Let me ask you this though, about yep. places like that, Utah, Colorado, there's not a lot of these little B roads that we're, we're used to and, and cherish. It's a lot of these snow plowed sweepers. You're talking about the, uh, the, uh, narrow and tight twisty roads. No, um, darn the roads and waterfalls. I, I lost it. Roads that stick to the roads that you're used to. I can't remember. Yeah. TLC. Yeah. Well, my point is it's more the GT. It's like going kinda. over passes and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, Boulder, there's Not a, a lot, lot of, of twisty stuff, dude. Like, I, I remember, like, I went for an, a big activation there, and there's a, a ton of small stuff. Like, there's big, okay. big, heavy-duty stuff like you're talking about, but I think you're I think you're thinking more Montana, which is... Heavy-duty. <laughs> heavy-duty stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, the high-speed, you know, Angeles Forest kind of shit. But, like, like there's yeah. a ton of tight, twisty roads around Boulder like um, that are similar to, like, 9 or, like, look at 119, okay. 132. Like. And I think once you unlock the dirt potential, there's a lot of very well groomed dirt roads that people use that's quite a, a lot. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, you can get like... Montana has that dirt potential. Montana, it's like all... I felt like all the good little roads were dirt. Right. Yeah, that's when a I, whole other where thing. Where I was. So you would need my, a rally the car, The smallest sample size fun. ever, but... But, yeah, yeah, but yeah. That, that's a good point, though, Warren, because I, I am right there with you, and I think that's important, and that's one of the reasons why Boulder makes sense. Like, because otherwise, yeah, it's hard to find that good mix of, like, tight technical fun stuff and then having some open stuff as well. Uh, but... You, I didn't even think about that, but adding that gra- dirt gravel element could be a ton of fun too, and it's a whole new skill to learn and, and perfect and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, but. I like um, Siskiyou County when we were up there recently, and it just reminded me there's a lot of really good stuff. It's similar to Santa Cruz Mountains, but way way more remote. So I wouldn't want to live there from a family uh, work perspective um, at this age, but. There's a lot of really beautiful, cool stuff up there. So that's just like far north, uh, northern California. So you could check that out. But uh, we've Art, you froze. Are you still there, buddy? Oh gosh, she's oh asleep. My God, that's the best freeze. <laughs> oh, that was oh, a you're back. Freeze. Uh, well, you, you're, uh, you're you're just like this. Uh, well, interesting. You got you both froze. So I don't know who froze there. I well, Art, Lane, and I could talk. So oh, yeah, we were talking so I was, to each other. I was other, the odd so. man out. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Matt Deer Photos says, oh, Lane, you didn't get to answer. I'm sorry. Did uh, you? I don't, you know, I didn't answer, but I think uh, Oregon, Washington, they're pretty cool. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, as a car, but as a car enthusiast, you're kind of like, I think uh, we were just up in Seattle and there's a really cool car, car culture up there. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much, uh, I think Portland probably has a nice, pretty decent car culture. Um but yeah, I think a lot of these other places where there's like good roads, there's maybe not as much of that, you know, hanging out with people in cars. It's more just like going on cool solo drives or maybe having a couple friends around the area. But yeah, yeah. there seems to be yeah, some pretty decent content coming out of the Portland area, right? With the other friends that we know mm-hmm. that live there. Um, I think I just the weather is huge, right? It's like I can't do, you know, six, eight, six to eight months of rain or drizzle. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I think Portland is yeah. Portland better. Is it's it just not more that foggy? bad. Portland's way better. Portland's yeah. freezing better fog. Than Seattle. Yeah, it's freezing fog. But uh, I don't think it's six months. But um, 
Shout out to uh, for inexpensive and good car, like good driving options and just like proximity to stuff. Paso Robles. Oh, yeah. Paso Robles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so nice. The coast is a good fun drive. You got back to the valleys a fun drive. You have Park Field you can go to, mm-hmm. you know, slow and stuff. I don't know. I wouldn't, I'm not saying I'm going to move there, but, um, and it's right, be, it's the middle of uh, between San Francisco and LA. So we kind of mm-hmm. have a little bit of everything. Anyways. Yeah, although you, as far as like car culture, it's more hot roddy. It, Hitting and hitting up like a cars and coffee or going on a, you know, fun run. You definitely less less of that going on there. It's kind of and like it's, iso- it's more isolated. Yeah, in it, you know. Yeah, and it's definitely more uh, American. Uh, yeah, yeah, American. Iron. San Luis Obispo. When I lived there, it felt kind of the same way. Like you were a little odd man out having a European. I mean, there's European car stuff there for sure, but you're a little little more odd man out. Yep. All right. Matt Deer Photo says, it seems fairly common for Euro variants of cars to be more desirable, but is there any cars where the opposite is true and the U.S. version is considered the one to have? Yeah. Mm. We've had this question before. Oh, oh, by the way, 152 sunny days, uh, sunshine days in in Seattle for your for your. So that's less than less than half. Pretty pinner. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, what is it, Art? U.S. car that's more desirable? Uh, so the U.S. spec Supra is more powerful, uh, right out of the box. Uh, usually the new op- one? No, 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 the, the Mark IV, sorry. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, Mark IV <laughs> Supra is, is um, and as you can tell, they're also way more valuable. Um, they're more appealing to us, too, because they're left-hand drive. <laughs> uh, you yeah. can get a Euro spec version, but they're not very common. Uh, but uh, by default, the the Mark IV Supra was like better optioned and had more power uh, when it came to the U.S. market. Um, not that it's not possible to get more power out of the JDM ones because you know everything gets ripped out, right? You could do turbos and do all that shit and tune them and all that. But but that's kind of a unique one where you know typically we get the kind of the neutered version of something. Well, let me also uh, reiterate here. He says Euro variants. Gosh darn it. But um, <laughs> uh, I get what you're saying. <laughs> uh, let's, let me re- read. The well, question. they they made Euro Mark IVs, right? They sold them in Europe. Yeah. What are you saying? I, I guess that's true. Yeah, you could look at it that way. Yeah. Um, I, there yeah. are certain weird things that are happening with other markets, like Germans importing back U.S. Um, R107 SLs uh, and preferring the weird bumper, the big bumpers, because don't, they're. Don't say this. I'm not saying. I'm not doing it. I'm just telling you. I've heard firsthand from a guy from Germany buying SLs and taking them back. I see it with E30s. Uh, I mean, <laughs> E30s too. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. you you heard that warm. But the reason they're buying them back is not because of the bumpers, because they're all rusted out there. No, so no. This was this guy was said they were they had a few people interested in being the only one with a U.S. bumper car. All right, but I mean, we. I'm just letting. When, I'm just telling yeah. you. You can argue where all you I want, used but. to work, we sold like eight to ten of them back to europe and yeah they were not want none of them wanted the big bumpers <laughs> they know, were just buying them for clean california cars i think it's a weird like uh anyways it's the guy that buys a k car here you know it's that's that, that yeah guy. but i think i mean th- there is that case like i see it with japanese cars like i've, I've seen a86s converted to u.s bumper spec which is yeah. ridiculous to me uh and i also see it with e30s like i've shown I, I i go back and forth to warren on this like there's like some especially on the show circuit like car shows, like you'll see E30s with US spec bumpers, like that. I like still don't think it's a majority though. I think it's, no, that's a minority no. thing. It's so, definitely minority. Like that's definitely not minority. like the 
that's not like the thing to do. That's a thing to that's do. A thing to do, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I can't think of anything that answers this question though. Well, I think a, a lot of like we got we got I'm trying to think actually. We got we were the only ones to get a 560SL um R107 and then did they were they still making the 500 in like 80 88 and stuff or did they know. just have a lower tiered one? That's a good question. Uh I because a U- five sixty was a U.S. only car, uh, so that might have been one. So we also got, got like up until a certain point is what you're saying. That's what I was. Yeah. Oh, we never got the five hundred. Oh well, no, I mean um, the uh, Euro. Yeah, I, that's what I. I think that might have happened. I'm not sure. Um, but then we also got we also got the for as far as like luxury cars like Mercedes and stuff we would always get like the most baller ones so if you wanted all of those like luxurious options we usually um, tended to get more of that stuff than than Europe would. Yeah, yeah that's um, a tough question. I yeah. like I like that question to think about. Yeah, it's a definitely uh, call in if you have an answer. Yeah, because there's like. Um, I feel like uh, uh, on the on the mid there's like a lot of mid tier stuff maybe that we got that they, that they didn't get because you got like the three sixteens and like the five sixteens right and like five eight like the diesel like variants of these large five series but maybe there was some like they didn't get like a five thirty five i or something like that right I I, I can't mm-hmm. think of specific examples but I think there's some stuff like that where there were some mid tier options that we got that they didn't get there they they got like some really basic ones and then the really high end stuff right so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe for U.S. cars too. Like, there's like maybe like you know Mustang GTs and things of that nature where they got like some more basic version because of taxes and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you could say with like the newest Mustangs. I think didn't they only get the four cylinders or something? Uh, no, they did get the GT, but they don't get the GT500. I know that much. But uh, didn't they not get the? I thought they didn't get the GT. I uh, thought they did. Oh, yeah, because that's a really popular car in in, in the UK, like in the UK, and they also made it right hand drive, which is a really big deal. Hmm. Okay. Diadobro, Diadobro, uh, fuck Mary kill ketchup mustard mayo. This is almost too hard to answer. I'm not sure even where to start. To be perfectly frank. Uh, oh, so what's put most the little, versatile, right? What's most put versatile? some ketchup on that Frank is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Uh, keep up, come on, guys. You're with, you're with me. <laughs> I'm just thinking, what's so, most versatile? What's most versatile? Go for it. What's that? I'm just saying, what is most versatile, right? Like, what is it? What are you going to use the most? That's really what I. I mean, I'm mayo at. is on so many more things. I feel like, or used in different recipes and uh, like seasonings, sauces, and, and like sauces. Make, yeah, aiolis. There's an aioli. Um, yeah. It goes on sandwiches aioli and is burgers. Not mayo, right? Aioli is mayo with olive oil, whereas olive oils use use vegetable oil. Isn't that the difference? Well. How about just like fry sauce? You ever have that? It's just ketchup and mayo. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that? But you can't make it without ketchup. Yeah, Um, this Uh is this is a difficult one, boys. I use mustard. I use mustard the least. Okay. Because I I don't. A lot of times I'll make a sandwich. I won't use mustard. Yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, I'll use it on like a hot dog or stuff. But how? When am I eating hot dogs, dude? (laughs) What about burger? Do you like a little mustard on your burger? No, not really. Okay. So uh, I mean, I'll do, I'll do it sometimes, but no. You're so killing the mustard. Killing okay. mustard. Now you got to decide who you're having a, oh, wow. a an affair with. Uh, just a, you know. Oh yeah, it's fuck Mary Kill. Huh? You're having a tryst with a uh, ketchup, or is it? Uh, you're 
saying I do. Mayonnaise grosses me out sometimes, but then I also like it a lot. So, you know, it goes back and forth. Like, I hate any kind of, like, salad with mayonnaise. I hate any of that. I hate potato salads. I hate. Okay. Macaroni salad you're not in? No, not in. I don't like any macaroni. I don't like any. I don't like mayonnaise-based sauces. Well, now you're really getting weird. No, not sauces. you You already killed mustard. Yeah, I know. But I'm not a big ketchup guy. Well, you- <laughs> I say fuck them all. Whatever. Who cares? I'm gonna kill me. Right. Kill ketchup. Uh, you're I'm marrying killing- ketchup. Oh, oh, there's marrying though, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck, <laughs> I'm gonna fuck mustard. I'm gonna uh, marry mayo, and I'm gonna kill ketchup. Okay, very good. I- I'd say the same thing. Yeah, Thomas probably- Park says, yeah. um, no, I'm sorry. John Rye says, is viewology? That's me selling the E30. And if so, what kind of day woo is he getting? First of all, John, how dare you? Second of all, a Laganza. Thank you very much. Thomas Parks says, what are your thoughts <laughs> on replica cars or kit cars? Any favorites? I'm kind of in. I'm in on certain ones, especially like a Beck um, Speedster. I don't, I don't yeah. hate that option. Um, they're affordable. They offer a pretty... Pretty strong argument for the driving experience from, compared to the, the real deal, uh, depending on what components you use and such. Um, but, yeah, what do you guys, anything Do we call a GTO engineering car a replica? I mean, it's built on a Ferrari chassis. Has, yeah, but then they're rebottled. It's a replica, right? It's a replica. So, and same, with, like, same with like those, um, those crazy Jaguar uh, low drag yeah. coupes made by Eagle, I think. Yeah, makes which them. are so cool. Um, they're amazing. So some of that high end stuff I really like where I mean dude like the the GTO engineering cars are what like 800 grand I'm but sure. the real deal is you know if you're looking at like a GTO it's like 50 million dollars mm-hmm. or if you're looking at a, one. they just started doing a California Spider and those thing are, looks so you know, nice. 15 I mean, if, million, 18, 20 million, whatever. It would almost be like if you own the real thing you would want that one to go just beat the shit out of and not worry about it as much um but yeah i mean Mm -hmm. i guess if you had the money for a real one you would just beat the shit out of the real one and not worry about it as much too but uh yeah i think it's pretty cool i've seen a few really well done ferraris and then i've seen some terrible (laughs) terrible ones so what do you think art yeah i think it's uh well yeah i mean as you're saying right it's like tribute versus um like actual straight up kit car right like that's that's a whole other thing where if you get what's that sorry uh, you now have two uh, zooms going on, Art. I don't know what you're doing. How's that? Uh, we can hear you, but I uh, can't see you, so that's fine. <laughs> I'm here, I promise. So he uh, did say replica, so I don't. I mean, it is replicating something else. So I don't think like one of those, like a Cobra s- kit car would be a replica. You know, right? Is that what we're talking well, about? Yeah, because I I think that. Um, like those Persang cars, like I'm all for that, right? Like those old Bugatti race cars and stuff. Like that yeah. makes perfect sense in the same vein that you're describing because, you know, you're better off just being able to enjoy something that is, isn't, is you know, um, just, you know, it's so valuable and it isn't is, it's just, you know, ir- makes it more like, usable. And, yeah, that is and replaceable. And it is replaceable Jesus and it's Christ. more attainable and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what is happening? <laughs> Your audio is all whack. Dude. I don't know what you're doing, but you're like speeding up, slowing down, flip, flip it and reverse it. You're getting all Missy Elliott on us, basically. I'm getting Missy Elliott. So, so the the good news is that people that are uh, listening to the recording uh, is are not aware of this, but um, 
I Great for them. Really... Great for them. Yeah, we'll try guys. to work through it. We'll try to work through it. As long as you can hear us and uh, I don't know I what's happening yeah, in your I'm, life. I'm recording, but... I'm recording live and direct from uh, great-grandmother's house, uh, and she has oh. the worst internet. So I'm trying to use um, my phone now because I kept freezing up on my laptop. That's what's happening. So for everyone else out there that's hearing all of this mess, that's what's happening. Uh, okay, gotcha. But yeah, but yeah, I'm on board with that. Um, I am also on board with some Kit Kari stuff. Like, is the Noble a Kit car? Is an Ultima GTR no. a Kit car? Those are not. Uh, no, I think those are built for you. Is it like a factory ca- factory five or Superformance? Those are kits. Okay, I'm down. But he also says replica, not kit car. So a noble yeah. is not a replica of anything. Well, he so says that's... replica slash kit cars. Oh, okay. It's both. So basically, like, are you in on basically the the Beck for a replica cheap replica? I think I'm in. Um, the GT. The Daytona Coupe Superformance car, I'm not in. I think those don't look right. They just look cheap to me. And same with their Cobra kits. I don't know, just certain details about them. But some Cobra kits kits can look good. I, I I'm a, I, I, I think it works if the. I, I, we've had this question before, but I, I think it's basically the difference in price between the real car and the replica. If it's a great enough difference, I think it works. Um, where basically people know that this car is not real, but it's well done, essentially. The like, execution is huge, right? Yeah, That's I good. had a hard time in like the 90s when you'd see 356 Speedster replicas, and the real deal was like 70 grand, and they were done for like 30, and you're kind of like, eh, it's kind of like just, I don't know. It was well, it was kind of lame, but now when dude. the when the difference is like, oh, I don't want to drive my three hundred six speedster because it's worth three hundred eighty grand or four hundred grand, so you can have like a nice replica that kind of makes sense. Or yeah, five D spider mean, where it's like impossible to get one, right? You can't, yeah. and they're they're million, you know, one point five million or whatever they are now. What about that though? That that point that you just made is something that has always perplexed me. Like you see, like F three fifty five kit cars made out of a Fiero, yeah. and they spent like seventy grand building this Fiero into an F three fifty five when the F three fifty five was probably that same price at the time. Like it's yeah. just like I don't get. It's, I guess it's just the initial buy in, and then it's all yeah. DIY. I don't know. It's bizarre. Well, and you would see three hundred eight kit cars and three hundred eights for twenty five grand. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a weird one. Um, Mike Otati's asking, uh, there was mention of an October rally a while back. Any updates on that? Yes, sir. We, we're trying to get our ducks in a row for uh, very likely an early November rally. So don't hold us to that quite yet, but we'll send something ASAP um, once we know more. So hopefully people are into that. Um Let's see here. Uh, Nick Coogan says, is Warren going to clean house and finally get the tundra of his dreams and build a family camping rig of his dreams? It's a lot of dreaming going on there. <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> I'll say maybe. Um, I think about it every day, but we'll see what happens here. Every day? Kind of. Every do single day. Do you dream I think about it? I, I could dream about it. Yeah, wow. I could dream. So Only every day you, you sit there and you go, man, that tundra, man. <laughs> no, no. I think <laughs> about uh, the first part. The first part is Warren going to clean house. That's oh, that like okay. little thought goes like, ding, and then it goes away. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Let's see. The first here. step is responding to people that want to buy your Mighty Max. Yeah, I guess that is the first step. I gotta. I just. Yeah, I just dropped my Mercedes off at the shop for ball joints and service, but then I do need to pay attention to the Mighty Max. Uh, yeah, it's just finding, cutting out, carving out the time, as they say. It's the timing, right, Art? That's right. Jacob Torres six. What's up, Jacob? He says, context for question. I. <laughs> I know some people who claim a car isn't fun unless it's uh, for up teen thousand horsepower and torque. In all of your experience, what was what was epiphany? What was the epiphany where you realize it's not all about power? And what other aspects of driving can I share with my friends so they don't kill themselves trying to turn everything into a stoplight running car? <laughs> um, very good question. We we've been preaching slow car fast since day one. Um, in fact, I think our first episode was Jetta is too fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, stock Jetta, basically. Um, TDI, by the way. TDI Auto <laughs> mm-hmm. is too fast for what we're uh, what we're into. Um, so, how does he? Uh, what was the epiphany you had? And then, how does he uh, preach the the gospel? Mine was uh, mine was like having seat time in in a lot of really powerful, expensive sports cars, supercars kind of things. And then kind of like almost having this like point, like l- having them for a couple days or, you know, having them at, at the shop we were at, you know, we would have them just sitting around. I'd drive them and whatever. And then kind of like almost getting depressed for the person that just spent like 300 grand on this car and me feeling like it didn't give you that much more than anything. Right. Yeah. And, uh, that was kind of mine and, and just becoming bored by uh, by uh, that whole game of everyone needing to like buy the newest thing because it's faster. Right. You right. know, watch, well, watching yeah. other people mm. play that game of like now your car is old and stupid because it's like three or two years old or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, when I was uh, kind of getting into the, the whole scene, um, people had a little bit of money and some kids were showing up in like new Corvettes and, uh, you know, 944 turbos. And I had a, I had a GTI and it was, um, definitely prepped and stuff, but it was still kind of an underdog car. And I've always, I've always kind of liked that angle, the underdog car and having to push something, you know, more to the limits in order to get the most out of it. Whereas, you know, other people are just romping on the throttle and that's all I need to do. So it kind of came over to, you know, more skill base stuff and going on drives in the mountains in Santa Cruz and having a car that was maybe a third of the horsepower or less, um, but being more, more dialed for our, our kind of driving we like to do. So that was my epiphany. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel weird about this cause I really like powerful cars too, but it's more about the usability, right. And like how much of that throttle you can use and I, and it's entirely dependent on your environment. I don't know where he lives. Like if he lives in a grid situation, like where it's all flat roads with straight flat roads and a huge grid or highway pulls is all the, the name of the game. A Miata is probably not going to be very exciting unless you can go autocross it or go take it up somewhere where it's where you can use it at, at its full potential and be, you know, redlining every gear through a bunch of turns. Right. So, um, but I think it, it's, it's a combination of what, uh, what Lane said and, 
um, all, uh, some, and a combination of what you said. Um, I do prefer to be the underdog. I like showing up at a, at, a, at a track event and being in a much slower car and trying to beat the faster guys. <laughs> That's like very fun for me. It's a fun game it, because, as you said, it really it makes you focus on, on, on your skill and making less mistakes and optimizing and using everything that you have um, and carrying momentum correctly and all the braking and all the inputs have to be right. And so that's that's more challenging and more entertaining than just having. But if you're in a straight line situation and you're in a Miata, you're not going to do anything right. I mean, it might, is it more fun? I don't know. Um, it's fun. to, But there's the usability aspect. Right. So it's like being able to redline every gear as much as off as often as you can is way more fun than being kind of held back and. Um, you know, having to only use partial throttle because there's a turn coming up and you can't, you know, you can't use it. So um, it's that. Um, and what Lane was saying is also like having access to a lot of different things and seeing how part of that usability thing, right? It's like, like, you know, I, I like I've driven a 997 GT, like GT3 RS, right? Which is like one of the things that oh, in our road, on our road specifically. And it's like people talk about it as being the pinnacle as, of performance and like balance and everything in a driver's car. And like, it was, it was enjoyable, but it's not necessarily what I would want to own to drive on the roads that we drive on, you know, and, and that's, that's a big limiting factor, right? It's like, because you, you find little stretches here and there where you find that, that it is usable at its full potential. And then that's about it. Whereas like, there's some happy medium where you, between a Miata even, let's say, and that where I usually kind of hang out at, right? Whether it be an M Cooper nsx or or even like a souped up m3 or or whatever it may be but i don't know if that answers the question but um it's kind of a multiple things <laughs> multiple choice all right i like it um brian scotto says something about the photo you posted which was this thing is perfect which that photo is great but that car is so rad it's very those rad. corsa steelies it's a mark one uh gti or rabbit i'm not sure i can't Oh, but uh, it's lowered on those Corsa steel wheels, and those things look great, yeah. in my opinion. I don't know about their performance, how they, how heavy they are, or how robust. I, I, but I do uh, know about look... both. I happen to know about both the performance, <laughs> both about the weight and uh, how flexy they are, and they're quite yeah. terrible. So they're very aesthetically ah. pleasing, uh, but they're super, super heavy, and they are not usable on track. I looked into this for my car specifically because the guy – um, could make custom sizes for E30s and they do That's look right. really nice, but they like they're, he's like, yeah, dude, I wouldn't recommend using them on track even like they're, they were just like, you know, they would become oval over time. Um, wow. but they, they do look really, really cool. I mean, it's, and that's why we talk about this concept of, you know, people are finally starting to catch on you're seeing stuff out there, but this like steely look in aluminum and, or in a, you know, in a harder, you know, more durable material that, that, that makes sense. A forged steely would look, would be awesome. Right. Like something like that. Yeah. Like I group four makes a, uh, steel looking alloy wheel. That's super rad. Yeah. yeah. So does, um, um image, right. Image wheels in the UK make one as well. And, and the, the OGs were the Dunlops, right? They had, there was like the Dunlop, um, alloy. And there's also, one in Japan, it was, uh, it's called the Super Wrap. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay. <laughs> Look that one up. Check it out. All right. That's it for questions. Um, so we did just return from uh, Pacific Northwest, sat Seattle. Um, flew out of Seattle yesterday and we had a very good Radwood at Dirtfish Rally School. I'm not sure exactly where we want to get in uh, to the details and 
how it all went down, but, um, good show. Felt good getting back out there and, um, really nice to see so much rad stuff come out of the woodwork and just driving around for the, you know, a few days we were in that area. It's, you can see why it does so well. There's just a lot of Radwood era stuff, you know, being driven and used on a daily basis. So yeah, I, uh, I thought it was a really good show. It's a very good show. Yeah. There were definitely a lot of a variety as, 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 um, all of our good shows have. And, um, I think that my, one of the most, like one of the biggest takeaways for me was just to see how many young people are into this era of cars now, you know, like it, it's really cool to see what would appear to be uh, uh, everything from late teens to like, you know, early to mid twenties of uh, people who are tuning and building these cars. Like there was this kid, he must've been like 20 years old who was, um, he started his starlet, like, you know, this is a KP 61 starlet oh, yeah. rural drive. And he was messing with the, with the idle and like under the hood and he removed the air cleaner and I'm watching him like actually tinker with the carburetor. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, uh, this is the next generation right here, you know? Um, that's and, cool. And that this is by far, I think, the youngest event we've had. I don't know, at least from my from what I saw. I think we saw a lot of younger youngest folks. attendees. Attendees. Yeah, I yeah. would agree. I would agree. It was a lot of a lot of young people. Um, we're such old men now, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a super young show. Definitely. Yeah, and and great. Yeah, it's always crazy to think. Oh, sorry, a lot of these, a lot of the like these kids and stuff were not even. I mean, they were born after Radwood era, so. Um, being aware of it now and then coming out to a show and embracing it so strongly is super cool to see. Uh, I'm always curious what they're, what draws them to it, you know? Is it the, the fashion that got them there? Is it music uh, or is it just purely the cars, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it could be, it could be, uh, I mean, all of that. And also, I mean, it would be, I mean, now that we're thinking about it, we should try to talk to these people more, right? To try to understand what's it's up. It's so hard, but, I know. But I know. But, uh, I know we're always super busy, but like, I think it, um, it might just be this the 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 simplicity and the the that that balance that we always talk about right that balance of modernity with simplicity so that it is analog enough and use yeah. and usable enough and and uh but you know doesn't require a ton of like complex machinery or equipment to operate and all that so it's sort of a, ba- a perfect balance of all that stuff but there's also an aesthetic element and i think that kind of goes with what's you know, this is kind of in vogue right now, like this whole, this, this sort of aesthetic in terms of uh, design and it goes with colors, it goes with music and fashion and everything else. So I think it ties into that as well. Um, there's yeah. It's just like, music. just like when, when I was in high school, like a bunch of kids, including myself kind of wanted some kind of muscle car or something. And that's what we wanted, you know, that's what we were like desired. Um, and then they, they're desi- like, and that was a, there was a lot of support around those cars and, you know, um, a lot of groups. And then I think they're feeling the same way with, with this era where a Miata has like a huge following and, and, uh, it's an easy first car to get or a second car or whatever. Um, so I think it's just accessible. There's a lot of other people that are into them and it's just, yeah, they're, they're hot right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so uh, as always in this region, uh, weather can be an issue. And I was up there for Summerfest the weekend before, and it was basically drizzling rain all day long. Um, And we had a pretty wild forecast. (laughs) Um, And we set up the day before the show, and it absolutely poured right as we left. I mean, 
very, very hard rain. Um, and we were kind of worried that the whole place would be flooded um, when we showed up the next morning. And somehow, some way, that the rain never came. So the it was a little little wet out there in places. And uh, some of the roads at Dirtfish are gravelly kind of uh, mud. And so that was the only, the only bummers that some of the, like, I don't know, access roads were a little rough. But other than that, it was pretty darn good for weather. Yeah. Um, definitely lucked out. So yeah, I was super stoked about that. I was nice. Yeah, that was definitely a big one. I mean, we were very keen on getting a covered area for whatever, wherever the venue was, um, in this region. Like we knew we had to have a covered space because the weather is so unpredictable, especially this time of the year. Um, although we were told that this was probably better chance of sunny weather, but, <laughs> but it didn't yeah. turn out that way. Um, and, uh, you know, for the most part, I think it's just about people's comfort and, you know, and like the car, I, 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 we got very, very, very few complaints, maybe one or two about people getting their cars dirty. It was more about like spectators coming out and having a fun day out at a car show. Right. And so, um, and luckily right. there was a really large indoor space to, that people enjoyed and where the Royal. Well, not really luckily there. because we, it didn't rain. So it actually was more luckily that it didn't rain at all. No, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's you know, it a, was yeah. not like like we had, I think there was like a period where there was like the lightest sprinkles ever for like five to ten minutes. And then right as we were wrapping up the show, it rained for like ten minutes or something. But uh, throughout the whole day, you know, everyone was, a lot of people were in t-shirts. Um, it wasn't that cold it was uh it was comfortable and it wasn't wet outside at all so yeah no yeah, doubt it was good yeah 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 we did look out um uh, and <laughs> the weather was was a massive win for us and for for photos too the this the sky was amazing the whole time it was so so mm -hmm. cool like we had um all different color clouds and blue sky peeking through and made for some really cool lighting uh it was really really beautiful um i i, I was i was really happy about that i think um the the interior space worked out really well too you know it was it was it's a huge warehouse you know it's like 40,000 square feet and um on one side it gets a little dark but we managed to make it work we had a really cool uh group b rally display on that end and we used some made use of some led lights <laughs> to kind of make a little bit of a scene over there and uh the guys from um what was it donuts and drip uh from portland rolled up with a crew and the guy had a delica a lifted delica with underglow which was perfect to put in that space right like because uh that helped like accentuate that whole thing and it was more visible and people really enjoyed that um and yeah re really cool venue um you know i think there's a very good chance that we'll do it again next year uh there um because there's room to grow and everything and um it's it's a really really good location and um and as we talked about obviously there is uh, a big a big um interested kind of a community there that, uh, that, that wants to participate. And so that's, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, the variety was huge. I mean, we had a, a really strong, a sob contingent. We had, yeah. You know, K cars, K cars. Uh, we had, uh, our Mondial coupe right out front there. That's going to be on rad for sale here very shortly. Uh, which is awesome. Yep. The century. Yeah. Toyota century out there. That was a hit man. Um, Toyota century. It's yeah. a 95 and it looks like a, who knows what you know like 1965 so <laughs> yeah yeah because they they made them they look the same forever right like they just made like the one body style the only thing that they changed really like you know were headlights uh taillights slightly and then the interior you know that they, they, they went to a digital dash at some point and 
you know, mm. all the, you know, materials changed, but, but yeah, such a cool car, wool interior, black exterior. I think it's, it's navy blue inside. Okay. Uh, I love the, uh, those little wing windows in the back door. Oh yeah. Yeah. Are, are they power or they're just, oh, are they power or man, uh, manual? That's a good question. I, I would I not see. be surprised if they are power because I know. Is so cush. I know. It's a very cool option. I want um, that car. It's so rad, dude. It it's is really, really cool. rad. I was yeah. saying it's like the, you know, it's like I've always thought it'd be rad to have like a a Rolls Royce or a Bentley as like an around town car. You know, pick up your kids from school, go to the grocery store, whatever. But imagine <laughs> having something like that where it's actually like fairly reliable and gets like the has the same vibes, right? It's like and even even rarer really yeah it has yeah. A, cool, cool. a very cool presence for sure like and and um it definitely has um what's it called um i guess personality in a way right where you got you could throw a little flag up there in the corners and like you know just to make mm-hmm. a scene like and it, it's entertaining and fun for everyone um it's a fun car it's not here at least it's not it doesn't have like any sort of pretentious image or you know where if you are in a rolls or something like it's sort of like maybe you know gray poupon douchebag image or something right which makes it even better right for that purpose yeah Yeah, it's more low-key it's like what what is that is that like yeah it's it's just like a funky cool thing um yeah i like it a lot i think they're really cool um and yeah i'm excited to have it on the site i think that um especially there's a chance that they might put the um the 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 black oem wheels on it Uh, um they had steelies on there for now but um they were the the oem wheels are normally like a I don't know if they're like a brushed aluminum or something, but they're, you know, they're, they're not painted. Um, and they have a black center cap with like their Phoenix symbol. Um, but the owner had them powder coated gloss black. So, um, they look really cool actually. And they, it totally matches the aesthetic of the car with like that gold emblem in the middle. Uh, so there's yeah, a very good rad. chance. Yeah. Those will be on by the time that, uh, the car goes on the site. So keep an eye on that out for that here in the next week or so on radforsales.com. Absolutely. Yeah. And a big shout out to Avance as well. Um, many of their members came to the show and uh, brought some really cool stuff. And they just seem very, um, you know, enthusiastic about bringing their stuff to events like this. So one of which was a, a Ferrari F355 challenge car that had been to our Tacoma show as well. But um, he shows up with like the, you know, racing headsets on um, him and his passenger and he's driving basically through the dirt to get to his parking spot. And, and I asked him if he was like, uh, supposed to be part of, uh, you know, Avant's activation or in the barn or something. He said, no, I'm, I'm just here, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> drive my race car through the dirt. So I, uh, uh, I, I heard that car leaving when he left and I, it was like, I heard this car kind of like peeling out and, and I was kind of annoyed. I like looked back and then I'm like, Oh, it's that. You know, it's like he kind of had to do that to take off, basically. For sure. So yeah. it's a different story, right? At first, I'm like, what the fuck? Someone, like, just, like, doing a burnout, you know, in the dirt? Yeah, surprisingly, I didn't see anybody uh, driving terribly uh, on my watch. No, so I didn't either. And it was easy to do so because there was a lot of, like, mud and, and spots that you could uh, get get squirrely. So that yeah. was... Uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah and there was a out. lot. There was so many cool cars, though. There was like there was a really lot was of that Volkswagen. That Volkswagen group yeah. over where we picked the raddest import, which turned out to be a, a first generation Jetta two door with Kamai um, accessories, and it was just great. I don't know what color that is. It's not. It's like terracotta kind of. It's like an um, orangish, a very orange red. 
Yeah. Is and it, it had this tweet in, I think it might even be oh, Mars. I don't know. What, oh, what yeah, I think the, you're right, which is a yeah. Volkswagen. Yeah, it's like a Scirocco color. So. And then yeah. a tweed interior. Um, it was just really, really nice and such a rare car. Um, a little bit of patina. So I was, I was stoked uh, to see that. There was a Honda um, Accord Aero deck, hmm. um, which was really cool. And it was repainted, but so it was just was very, very well done. Was that the green well thing? Done. Yeah. Yeah, that... Tealish oh, green. I had no idea what that was. I was like, is that a Civic? And then it, was, it looked weird. And huh, oh, I know. A lot of cool huh. details on those. They're just great cars. And then Art and I got to look at maybe the nicest uh, Integra GSR we've seen in a very long time. Uh, what color was it again? It's Granada Black Pearl. So it, it looks totally black up until, unless the sun's shining on it. And then it has like a gold pearl in it, uh, a gold metallic kind of pearl in it. And that car was impeccable i mean it was insanely clean and the guy had owned it since 94 it was a one owner car um, and it had some miles surprised. right uh, like a hundred thousand and eleven like yeah. yeah 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 super nice car yeah. it's that, that that's a unicorn i mean in a car like that is very valuable now right because it's never been messed with and that just does not exist like there I, I don't remember the last time i saw one that was like that you know like it's it's crazy yeah uh, absolutely and we then almost some... yeah we're, it was there were so many good like kind of contenders for awards we're like back and forth on him like we almost gave him an award you know because he was it's just so rare and unique to see that <laughs> you know like a, a one owner gsr first year by that's the way would, of the dc that's what i was saying like best import is the hardest award to give out it is or yeah. to pick because there's so much stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah is domestic we don't i mean it's a regional thing but i mean we we had some options but there wasn't that much to pick from right whereas like 90 percent of the show were imports so <laughs> it's uh -huh. pretty challenging totally yeah yeah we almost need to have a euro or we, we did that so we did that and early then, on yeah i know we um, maybe go back to that on and yeah and euro yeah. We, we might have to break it up again yeah because that would that would make it, a, make it a little easier, and I think there's there are a lot of people that are deserving, you know, because there's just so much cool stuff. Um, like w so, what were our awards? We had Radis Truck was a uh, what was it? The it was it a Suzuki Mighty Boy? <laughs> mighty Boy. <laughs> it was, it was it a Mighty Isuzu? Boy. I can't remember if it was a, an Isuzu or I think uh, it's an Isuzu. Suzuki, right? Yeah. No, it's a Suzuki. I just looked up. Oh, Suzuki. It is yeah. Suzuki. Yeah. Yeah, it, which is like the most amazing little thing. It, it it's, I mean, it could fit in your pocket. Uh, it's a two-seater, <laughs> tiny little bed. I mean, what? How long is that? It bed looks like a. Wide, like it looks like a three-foot bed. Yeah, maybe. It looks like a squished brat, like a like a yeah a fifty percent brat or something. Mm -hmm. But but also like squished where it's a little taller, everything and stubbier, is and everything. Yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. Truck. I think that was great. We were struggling with truck and maybe going with a van and there was a couple, everything was kind of close in, you know, winning the award. And then I don't know, was it you or Lane was like, dude, was me. The, the, yeah. yeah, you're like the mighty boy. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's right. It is a truck. Let's do that. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad that worked out too because it was perfect. Um, I've never seen one before. So yeah, I think he said he daily drives it. Like I that's his car. So. Yeah, that's his car. <laughs> oh He's a God. young dude too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then um and I th I, yeah, I think he did say he did it. And then domestic, uh another struggle. There weren't <laughs> as many cars to choose from, but uh there were a couple uh Shelby Daytonas in the mix um that I felt were deserving, but 
I feel like we've given awards to those so often. We're like, if there's like a nice, um, nice car in that kind of category, we're always drawn to it. I think it's because, Um, so, so here, this is sort of a related kind of thing, but, um, I was interviewed by, um, uh, a UK mag recently and like he was asking about what is the response from what, or has there ever been any sort of reluctance in adopting this concept of Radwood in the U.S.? Or like, is there are there people who don't ma- can't make sense of it? And I'm like, you know what? I've had several conversations with people who are fans of American cars who don't get it right because it was not a good era for 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 us in the U.S. Right? Like there were a lot of really terrible cars, and the Malays era kind of went deep into the '80s, whereas like everyone else kind of got uh, once like the whole you know, smog emission stuff kicked in. A lot of that, like the Europeans got, like kind of were, were, were um, more quick to, to get on that train and, and build better engines, build better cars and, and advance quicker. Same thing with, with the Germans, right? They had better build quality and blah, blah, blah. And so, um, and I think that the only really cool stuff that actually was kind of noteworthy were like the Shelby stuff, like uh, the GLHSs that come out and like there's a lot of those GNX. cars. Yeah, the GNXs, um and so, yeah, we see those, right? There's the, you have your, um, your Grand National Cyclones and stuff like that. And stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, but it's yeah. the, the, the group of the, the amount of cars is like, there's like, yeah, like you were saying, it's like maybe 20 models, right? It's and limited. Then, yeah. And you have your Fox bodies, your Camaros, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then some big body trucks, which are cool. And that's kind of it, you know, not a lot versus wherever else, like kind of everything was awesome, right? Like, there was like yeah. very few things that were not that were kind of crappy or, or just not noteworthy, but um, that that's kind of what, uh, why I think we have that problem, right? Um, and even sense. the crappy stuff, like some of the like quote unquote crappy stuff, like still had really cool '80s details or you know something like that, where the American stuff was just kind of like blah. Mm-hmm. It's harder to find, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, having said all that, we picked an import as the best domestic. But <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how it ties into this. Is yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, uh, there was a really nice Geo Storm um, in like a kind of pastel yellow ish color, um, and it was very, very nice. I I can't remember how many miles it had. I could look it up, um, but uh, basically a perfectly stock ninety uh, two. It's funny he had a whole like display um framed information uh thing that he put out and it said 92 slash 93 geostorm (laughs) so i don't know which one it was but uh anyways it was very well deserved it was i haven't seen one that nice in a long time um he was obviously very proud of the car when we announced that he won it was like (laughs) the best reaction we've had in a long time he was totally uh dumbfounded yeah Yeah. he just like could not believe it he's all really guy what's that He's like, he said, really? are you sure, right? Didn't he say, are yeah, you he sure? Said, are, you, are you sure? And he just like is out of breath, you know, uh, couldn't couldn't believe it. So that was a lot of fun. And the crowd seemed to be super uh, supportive of that decision. Yeah. So Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. And um, yeah, because I was, I mean, you know, we were all in agreement that that was it. But I was a little reluctant just because that is an Isuzu under there, right? And it's like, but... You know, we, we've, we've given one to that Geo Metro Lowrider convertible, which is amazing, you know, like, and it's the same thing, right? That's a Suzuki and it's yep. just, but they are, you know, domestically here, they're a different brand and Geo was an American brand, right? So it's, it makes Chevy, sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It was sold in America. It was marketed to Americans. Um, yeah, it's, that's, it's always a tricky one, but I did preface it when we announced the winner that 
sometimes this happens and so hopefully yeah. people are understanding and then uh, there was a uh, another one in contention which was there was a uh, Chrysler Conquest um, with really cool graphics. I don't think that was a stock package. It was just, I don't know. It but, looked uh, like it, but yeah, I don't know. It looked really well done. And uh, he was, um, again, we're back to captive imports and stuff. But uh, I think the Geostorm is more deserving because it is less cherished and more of the, we just don't see them like in nice condition. You see Conquest at every show pretty much. There's a nice Conquest. So yeah. That's kind of where where it happened. Um, so let's see, we got import truck. Uh, oh yeah, so domestic now motorcycle. We had four total motorcycles that came out on a rainy rainy weekend day, and and three uh, of them were dirt bikes, which <laughs> three of them sense. came came together in dirt bikes, which was cool. They were all definitely of the era and had some teal and green, uh, purple stuff going on. Um, and uh, Brad picked that one. And it was came down to the best story, and the guy you know, paid $200 on a bottle of tequila for, um, the bike. And so that was Radis motorcycle. Um, and then Radisson show came up. Um, what were your contenders? What, what kind of stood out? Um, show. yeah, I really liked, um, dude, I don't know. It's hard. Cause a lot of these cars that I'm saying are, were almost more like, they would fit in the like raddest European category or something, right. you know, like, uh, I really like, um, boss hogs, um, Porsche 924. Dude, uh, that thing is such a cool car. Yeah. Um, moonstone over Pasha. And, uh, but you have to explain what moonstone is. Yeah. Lilac, uh, yeah. off white, purple, white with a purple, <laughs> like, like yeah. pink tint. Like it's a lavender, crazy. yeah, yeah, very light lavender, yeah. It was such, and he said it was one of two in that color. Uh, I believe so, and it's a one of six or seven cars that he's like researched that Porsche ever made in that color, and he has another. He has an, a nine eleven SC in that color as well. Dang, what year was this nine twenty four? I didn't even catch I that. I think it's a nineteen eighty. I want to say it's an eighty. Yeah. So an 8924 in Moonstone over black and white Pasha um, with, yeah, it just was a really, really cool car to see. Yeah. What is, by the way, what is Boss Hog's real name? <laughs> I, always I gave forget, him that dude. detailed. I think it's, uh, no, I'm not going to say it. I think Shout I, out to I Boss Hog. Forget, dude. <laughs> uh, Boss um, Hog. I literally gave him the detail like uh, prize because uh, we were able to give out some extra bonus, uh, you know, organizers choice awards Honor, and he won mentions. one and yeah. honorable mentions and i i just said boss hog you know come on up so <laughs> it's all good yeah um but yeah that thing was so cool uh did you get some pictures of it or was the lighting kind of no, tough I, got in some, there? I got some pictures of it yeah for sure and you could totally see the color as well like uh the color yeah. is uh, you could you could tell what color it is which i was worried about yep because I feel like I was telling him because I've seen pictures of it before that he's posted. I follow him on Instagram, and uh, I was I always look and I'm like, is he just taking like weird? Is does he have like a weird filter, or like what's going on here? Kind of thing, right. you know? It's one of those things. You're like, why are his pictures so like purpley? You mm -hmm. know, <laughs> like yeah, like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just the rag color of the car. And then there was a really honorable mention. I. He was already gone by the time of the awards, but uh, there was like this 850 
uh, T5 um, manual wagon, Volvo. Mm-hmm. That was so clean, dude. And like, I didn't get to see it. Those things, like the interiors, you know, they're an older car now, and they they usually have some wear and some broken plastic and stuff like that. And this thing was just so freaking clean. And he, uh, it turned out that his previous car was the car, a car that we gave an honorable mention to, too, a seven forty turbo wagon. So that right. that w- that had been his car in the past. Um, but yeah, the Volvo wagon was so clean, dude. And it's yeah, it's so rare to see one like that. Usually, you're like, oh, that car looks sweet, and then you go look at it closely, and you know, it has some they have it has some issues. But this thing was so nice, and it, it was, was a really manual clean. turbo wagon. So yeah, the, I really wish I got thing? to look at it. No, it, yeah. he had like it was like it was souped up but it was all very very yep. understated and so clean. nice and, and he had he had a gauge pod and of course the whole the, the a pillar is tan because it was a tan interior and it was like so yeah. well integrated that you could barely see the gauges because he used like the tan piece there and everything and yep. it was a very yep. nice example yeah for sure um i mean there's a couple standouts for me that um that would have easily won radiston show um it was just a you know a, a, a bigger conversation First of all, uh, one of them belonged to the owner of Dirtfish, so that kind of automatically, you know, kind of throws it off, and you just can't do that, right? But I know. Was, I'm not even taking those into consideration. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, but like the Peugeot 205 T16, which is an all-wheel drive Peugeot 205 with like a mid mid-engine, you know, mid-mounted, um, you know, turbocharged four-wheel drive. I mean, full-on Group B epicness, right? Like it's the, as cool as it gets. Really, we're up there with the with the S1 Quattro and all those legends. That's, so, Radisson show. So every show we ever would have done if that Easy. was just some guy's car. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, and it's like, and it's the one that, you know, it has that clamshell that just lifts the half of the body goes up in the air and you have access to everything. Which is huge, so rad, yeah. Huge it's, spoiler too and yeah, vents. And, super, super cool. And, and then, killer rally lights and stuff. It's like yeah. epic. And epic then he car. brought um, his uh, MG Metro 6R4. He has two of them. He has a Rothmans liveried car, which has no miles it's basically never been raced or anything and then um that's like perfectly preserved and then he has one that does get rallied and actually bucky lasik drove it from the venue to the f- storage facility on the r- on the street <laughs> which is pretty yeah, awesome yeah. um that he's got that and um, you know a bunch of all, all, all a bunch of cool cars i mean you know some you know, like a few years ago we actually went to visit the collection and got to see like all the really epic shit he has like because he's got um, you know, Sport Quattro short wheelbase. He's got 037 uh, Stradale, the street version, and he's got a rally car. And, you know, the, basically all of the really cool best. 190 Evo 1, Evo 2. Like, yeah, you know, all, all the cool shit. Yeah, yeah, all the Cosworth Sierras, <laughs> you know, all the yeah, all the yeah. different iterations. Um, but uh, the, the, those were super epic, and we we're really happy to have them. But um, the car that really stood out to me, which ended up being an honorable mention, um, because the Radiston show was very deserving, uh, was for me was the DR30 Skyline with the RB26 swap, and that's a white car with um, it's got the RB26 from the later Skyline, so it's it's an R- R32 engine, and um, or it might have been an R33 motor in this case, and it was impeccably done, super well integrated and, and built, and the engine was spotless, the in, the engine bay was super clean and tucked real nice, and um, and I love those cars as it is. It's the really boxy one. People can look this up. And uh, they, this is before the R32. Uh, and 
This is the white car, right? A white car, yeah, and and they, yeah, the tail lights are so, so nice. awesome. They have the because they have that skyline tail light, right? Those four quad rounds, but in this case, it's super eighties. It reminds you like of a Nintendo controller. It's like a gray, like smoked square, and then the circular lenses are inside of that, which are you know like it, it's such a good look and kind of like a, a isn't one. that kind of like a last gen. Uh, NC RX seven kind of the way those oh, taillights are. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, yeah, the right. uh, Turbo twos have the yeah, the Turbo two yeah, S two yeah. they call it. Um, the RC uh, yeah, or RC. Why am I saying RC? Um, uh, FC. Uh, FC, FC. Sorry, F- yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It has kind of that vibe. Uh, but in this case, it's just so it goes so well with the car because right? it's so boxy and it looks like it was designed in a wire frame, right? Like in and uh, um. And it's got that tail light, that design, which is like super square on the outside. And then you have the, the really rad round headlights inside. And there's more detail to it. There's like these horizontal lines. And I mean, it's just amazing. And those cars actually are starting to appreciate a lot. I mean, we, fuck, I would love to get one of those before they get crazy. But so um, aesthetically, yeah. those do so much more for me than like an R32, R33, or R34. Like, I think they're so rad looking. Like, we've had, uh, uh, what's his name? Roy Shaka, I think his name. Or, oh, Roy's Hako? Um, the guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Him in uh, in Vegas, the red one, which we have seen that car at SEMA, too. And that car, it's so cool, dude. And they have, yeah. like, the, the raddest graphics on the side because they're literally – it's so crazy to me that they would do it. It looks like a – you know how, like, the remember the 80s Volvo ads, the, the way the writing would be, like, the big boxy font? on the yeah. on the magazine ads it's mm-hmm. basically that on the side of the car just like writing everything yeah. that the car is it's like yep. all-wheel drive s dope as fuck performance <laughs> fun as these fuck are, yeah these are like, rear-wheel drive lane these are what rear are rear-wheel drive yeah turbo rear what? i know okay what did i say something you said all-wheel drive oh okay i i oh sorry i was just explaining <laughs> i was just saying it it had all these facts on the side i wasn't even thinking oh about okay. that. but uh just like all um, the info yeah, you know yeah it just has all the information about the car and this it's basically like it's like a print ad basically on the yeah, side yeah, of the yeah. car and it looks yeah. so dope the way they do it it's like how i would do a poster you know it's like the big writing and then you have the tinier and then you have the medium size and you have like the the skinnier yeah. font it's like it's right. so cool dude it's really cool yeah it's like four valve dual overhead cam all the stuff yeah. and then on the bottom it has yeah, yeah. like turbo or something yeah yeah really exactly cool. Yeah, that that car, the Vegas car, Roy brought it out to our event because the owner couldn't bring it, but people can check him out on Instagram. It's oh. Jester's Garage is the owner, mm-hmm. and he's got some great pictures of it. And it's it, that one is perfection, too. It's red over the black boxer-style two-tone, right, where it's black on the bottom, gold font, and then it has yeah. gold watts on it. It's just amazing. That was our raddest in show, right, for Vegas? Uh, Yeah, it was, and it was yeah. totally deserving. The car was yeah, awesome. that was a cool one. But and, uh, but yeah, this white one's like as good, dude. It's so cool, dude. Yeah, yeah, a really nice car. There was an amazing really nice. Mark IV Supra right up front too. There that was worthy of something. But you know, just too many cool cars. Yeah, the white one was really yeah. nice. And, and then uh, what ended up winning? And we don't, you know, it's hard because uh, obviously this is a very expensive car. But the fact that he brought it out and um, it's so rare. It's a, I think it was a '93. It's an Alpina B12. Uh, 5.7. So this is an 850 CSI. So V12 manual, um, pillarless coupe. And then it has all the Alpina goodies, including like a louvered hood. The graphics, of course, it was dark blue, but 
what kind of set it apart. I mean, I love it no matter what. And I would never get this interior, but the interior was so wild. It was a like a cream leather interior, but it had this weird Bavarian flag stitching with Alpina crests all over it. Like every seat, every every interior panel and uh, carbon, like period carbon trim. So um, I during the award ceremony, we asked the owner, who was an older gentleman, and uh, as far as that interior goes, it's one of one. So they made a few of these cars. They're very valuable now. I'm looking at an article uh, from Top Gear, and this is a while back, but um, they sell for like in the three to $500,000 range. Um, and it is a very special car, pillarless coupe, manual V12. Um, so yeah. And in, in, in that beautiful Alpina, like purplish blue metallic, right? I forget what the color is. Yep. I think it might even be called Alpina blue. Um, and E30 came so. in it too. They're Alpinas. Um, but that car is owned by Peter Gleason, who's a pretty big collector in the area. And he also has, an e, the E24 John Player Special uh, touring car, which is unbelievable. And we were trying to get him to get that car, but of course he wasn't going to street drive it and, you know, tacking on a trailer and all that. That wasn't going to happen. But but he's got some epic stuff. He's also got an, uh, uh, a liveried M1, like the with the kind of the M-Power uh, flag across it. Uh, I, th- I think that's what he brought to the Tacoma event, right? I'm trying to remember what he brought. He brought an M1, but I can't remember what color it was because he might have two. I think he does have two. He brought his yeah, black one, Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, yeah, Sounds that was familiar, an, but super, super rad. I mean, it, it's, you know, it might not be to our taste or whatever, like that's not necessarily the option package we would go for, but, uh, but it's so representative of that, of the era, right? Dude, I'm looking at one, that one on top here, it has the standard, um, Alpina interior, which is, um, I believe it's dark blue or black with the green and, uh, blue kind of like dashes, just one strip. You yeah. know, but it's all like a, a dark gray or black interior. It looks so much better. <laughs> like oh my there's, god! Dude. There's like and the yeah, it's like that's the one to get, or even like an M Rain kind of interior would be just I, insane. Yeah, that interior sucked, but it's it was, super cool. It I mean, it's crazy. cool, but it's so bad. It's like it's even Radwood. The, it's even so the Radwood. color of the the cream interior was like it had so much yellow in it. It was almost like green. And, and it had a blue stitch dash too. I yeah. mean, it was it was totally wild and uh, yeah, one of one. So um, I'm hoping the crowd enjoyed it. So Lane, did you, were you able to get any photos of that thing outside of the barn? No, because it was kind of tucked. It was so I know, tucked I didn't in really there. Get any good pictures of it in general? Uh, I know we should have uh, we should have had him pull it out and park it for just a few minutes, like yeah, in the front or something. Because yeah, sometimes that's the thing too. Um, I mean, it's just a thing, but like. When you when we park, you know, cars that are parked at a booth tend to not like show as well as as Definitely the car, not. but they they make the booth look good. But yeah, yeah, it's just a different kind of thing. So um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But uh, but um, should we talk? We also had a cool spectacle at the show. Absolutely, uh, I was just going to get to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I mean, Art should probably talk about it because he was the one who kind of uh, was the the ringleader here and getting us all going going together. Yeah, Bucky. I always I say Lassic, but uh, someone I I heard him saying Lasic. He says Lassic, so I'm going with it. It's Lassic. Good, (laughs) good. This is a GIF, (laughs) GIF. The 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 guy who invented GIFs says GIF. GIF. I know. Yeah. So we got to go with GIF. 
But yeah, so yeah. it's a yeah. So he was uh, given ride-alongs in an, in an STI type RA, uh, and and here's where it gets weird. I first was told it was a Group A car. Then I was told that it was a Group N car with Group A bits. So whatever. It was a period rally car of this generation, the GC8 chassis. It's a real one. It's a pro drive car. It's got pro drive drivetrain, um, and it's got the triple five livery on it. Um, and he was given ride-alongs on a custom course that they made for this specific event, which was a super rad course. I mean, it was basically all sideways all the time. <laughs> like, that was kind of the way they set it up. So it was just for maximum kind of fun factor. Um, and, um, yeah, there were limited limited runs. And I, initially, the conversation was about the course and maintenance and everything because it had rained. And, you know, but ultimately, th- we had to limit the runs because apparently the drivetrain is very valuable. And that was one thing that we learned about. So we're probably going to add more cars to kind of have get everyone into a fun period rally car and down the line. Um, but yeah, it was, it was super cool. And, and he was, um, really excited about it too, because he was, we were talking, I think Lane and I were talking about it over breakfast the following day. And he's like, he's like, dude, like I don't mess around, man. Like this is seat time for me. You yeah. know, like I, I'm, I'm not yeah, like, so trying awesome. to, yeah. He's like, I'm not out there just trying to like, you know, put around at eight tenths. Like I'm actually trying to like maximize my seat time because i'm racing right now you know and like this is an opportunity for me to to really kind of put the car through its paces and and you know and 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 put my skill level to the test or whatever so um initially i think lane did mention i wasn't there for it but at the start he was kind of learning the course but after that it was all balls out and well i mentioned it to him it was funny because i'm like yeah i heard it was it seemed like it was kind of breaking up on your first run and he's like no that was just me fucking basically like not knowing what I was doing kind of thing. Um, and <laughs> yeah. then he's like, yeah, but then I got a hang of it. I'm like, yeah, it seemed like you were going for it. He's like, dude, I was, he's like, yeah, like you were said, he was like, he's like, dude, I was going as, you know, basically to the limit that I could whenever I could. So yeah, it was, it was yeah. awesome, dude. It was so rad to watch. Yeah. I'm glad that, yeah, that it was good for, for, as a spectacle to, to see as from an outside perspective too. Like, and I think we're going to do a lot more of this type of stuff. That's always been the goal, like long-term to whenever we can integrate some kind of motorsport component, we do right. Whether it be even laps at a track or whatever, but, um, period rally car, like the more of that we can do, the better, right. Period DTM cars, the more of that we can do, we want to do. But, um, I was really stoked because I was like, I was talking to, to someone and, um, and I think I was talking to Nolan at Motul and then um, I, I got a missed call, but I, I was like in the middle of, of, of discussing something like business related. I'm like, I'll just get back to it later. And I didn't pay attention to it. And then all of a sudden I see Trevor, uh, who heads up marketing for them there at Dirtfish, like running full tilt to me, like almost like, you know, running out of breath. Up. And he's like, dude, like we're about to put the car away. Do you want to run? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to run. So <laughs> we like ran over to the car and uh, I'm like, dude, I got, I'll, I'll be, I'll be right back. Uh, and, um, we bailed over there, got my gear on, or just the helmet. Like he's got comms, comms in the car too, so you plug in your uh, your headset and everything, so you can talk to him while he's driving. Um, and yeah, dude, it was so fun. I mean, the car's quick and everything, but like it's just like it, it's the course was set up to just for pure entertainment, you know. So like the car's doing sideways four wheel drifts everywhere, like whether it be you know yawed at a slight angle or like literally perpendicular to the course. Like it, it, it was like sideways the whole time and. I was talking to him about it after it, uh, after the fact, I'm like, dude, like you, it almost looked like you were barely using your steering wheel. Like you put very little input on the steering wheel, except for transitions. And he's like, yeah, like, it's just all like setting up the car to slide and set it up for the next turn. And like, it's just, it was really cool to have that sensation of going sideways, perpendicular and on throttle. And then setting it up for that next turn was like, 
really fun. So I was stoked um, to, that I got a chance to do that. I'm sorry you guys didn't to get to do that as well. But, um, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure there will be I more times. I see um, it. I didn't yeah. even see him run. I saw him at the pits for a minute, but uh, yeah. I loved that. Uh, yeah. He was, I would say too, like Bucky was the perfect guy to be doing this because he was so hyped, dude. It wasn't like, he wasn't, he's not just some like jaded dude that's like, you know, whatever, I'll give a ride. He was stoked. Like if he could have kept going for an hour, two more hours, he would, you know? Totally. Yeah. So yeah, um, pretty good day at work, right? Like, hey, yeah. we're going to pay you to get in this vintage rally car and rally it with people and show them a good time and stuff like yeah. that's your job today so and he fun. was he was talking to us like yesterday morning and he was just like he was super stoked on like people's reactions and stuff and he was saying you know there was one dude the guy that won best dress in the short shorts he's like that guy was like the raddest passenger ever because he was just like basically going crazy the whole time huh. um nice and uh yeah he oh, said yeah. it was super fun yeah, we did have a we did have a walk off for best dress. We could talk about later. <laughs> yeah, that works so well. We do, we've done that in the past, and I think we kind of forgot about it. Um, yeah, but Brad, uh, totally. Brad, had, Brad had brought it up, and it worked so well. Yeah, yeah, the only thing we were lacking the right song, but we got uh, our DJ is going to have it next time because he didn't have "I'm Too Sexy." You got to have "I'm Too uh, Sexy" yeah, for the walk off. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out DJ DP. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, one thing I did want to make note of real quick is that um, there is going to be an opportunity for us to do this specific thing um, at a bigger scale in the future uh, in the Austin area. We just have to figure out kind of timing and everything for that. But, you know, the guys at Rally Ready are really stoked to have us involved there. And, um, you know, we would love to do kind of like this makes perfect sense. And Bucky is actually built like he has his own race car that is like. He, um, I want to say building. I mean, he he's he's still tuning and tinkering with, but I mean, like it's his own GC8, right? That he could also do, um, you know, cool ride-alongs with, and we can bring like, ideally more people of the era, right? We can bring like Pastrana to drive to, and we can bring maybe even some other folks uh, who would be down to, to give ride-alongs and and do some cool exhibition stuff. Um, that that would be really fun. But, um, so yeah, keep keep an eye on our feeds, right, Warren? <laughs> absolutely <laughs> stay, keep an stay eye. Tuned. but yeah he's gonna keep be posting um he had cameras all over the car and he w one thing that i'm also really looking forward to is that he had a camera on his uh footwell so uh you'll ah. be able to see his his Dope. footwork uh as he's going through the course it was a five minute ride so it should be pretty fun and he's gonna be throwing that up on his youtube channel um in the next week or so that's awesome yeah so I think it was a overall a very successful show. I hope people had a good time that are listening to this now and we'll definitely be back. I think, you know, the more we look back at it, um, it's pretty clear that Pacific Northwest is a show that we want to, uh, continue and make bigger and hopefully, um, we'll have a good venue like Dirtfish to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to throw, throw out, like it's a crit, it's such a good car community up there. They are a lot like, everyone's so tied into one another it's awesome like like avance it seems like avance might have like done a lot of that work you know um but everyone is tied together it seems like through avance and everyone's like friendly with one another and it kind of like it's kind of like what we like you know it's like the drifter kids and the everyone's kind of like tied together by avance and uh yeah. it's it's just really cool and then also avance threw an awesome uh pre-party hang for us and anyone else that wanted to go the night before at the shop. And that was super cool. Right. Yeah. Shout out to Chrissy at Avance cause she kind of uh, spearheaded that one and, um, set us up really nicely. And 
So there's one in Dallas that um, we have some friends of the podcast that are members of, and it's it's a really cool formula. Uh, essentially, it's like this one in particular has a, a restaurant and bar, which is very nice, um, good food and all that. And then it has a members uh, only area where it has a lounge for uh, smoking cigars and watching F1 races. And um, there's even a little secret uh, bookcase door that revealed like another hangout zone. Like a speakeasy. Um, speakeasy, yeah. And then the the real thing is um, it's got working lifts that you can work on your car. Uh, you sign up for time and you get to wrench on your car on a lift. Um, and there was quite a few different projects going on. And then the storage element was you know, obviously the kind of eye candy stuff was, uh, very impressive. A lot, there's a lot of cars in there. Yeah. I mean, they have it stacked, right? Yeah. And then also real quick about the shop that you're describing. Um, they also do classes there. So if you want to learn how to weld or wrench on your car or whatever, like there, there's, there are folks there that can help you with that. That's a really good thing. I think that's something that um, I'm, I'm surprised that there are, isn't more of that, right? Like it just, it's, it's a good opportunity for, for them to, to offer that service. Um, yeah, Whether, and then yeah. on top of that, they have a dude that uh, they have a mechanic that you can pay an hourly rate, and you know he can work on your car when it's there, which is really cool. That's, so that's yeah, when that's you get awesome. frustrated at those uh, bolts on the bell housing, and you give up, and you're like, "Hey, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take, yeah, yeah, take over." Yeah, there was um, yeah, a good mix of everything. I mean, I don't know how much we're allowed to disclose on that. I mean, I guess whatever you can see from that front room, but <laughs> they were pretty. Yeah, yeah, Carrera no, GT. Yeah, um, I mean the the tour some, was you know they they were they welcomed us to take pictures on the tour. So yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Some uh, like old Cadillacs and that kind of scene. There was new uh, new supercar stuff. Um, everything in between. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff. So the. Um, you, I don't know if you saw this, but it was kind of tucked away in that back room. Um, Soto Moto, uh, the guys that are going to be listing some stuff on our site here. We talked about that Mondial in that uh, century. Um, they have some cars stored there. And there was a, a Toyota Celica. It was like a 79, you know, like that hatchback that has that almost like it looks like that brushed aluminum Targa bar on the side. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. talking about with the quad round headlights. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so you had one of those and... and uh, I remember kind of seeing it back there. I didn't really think anything of it. I'm like, okay, old car, whatever. And it turns out that it's actually a rally car, <laughs> and, uh, um, which is really cool. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't even think anything of it. But um, that, I believe, I think they built those into the 80s. So um, eventually when mm. he goes to sell that, I mean, that could be a cool one to to have on oh. our site, I think. Nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Because yeah, he said it has like a roll bar and stuff in there. And, uh, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't really see it. I don't know if you guys got a closer look. Uh, I didn't even see the car, no. I don't think I did either. There was a crazy wide-body 944, like, Trans Am racing car, race car. Um, that uh, Remember that thing? It was, yeah, uh, that's actually their car. It's like The primary yeah. car, That's right? the shop's, like, yep. that. that's their race car, the shop. Wild, wild-looking thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll be back. Um, hopefully uh, everyone had a great time like we did. And yeah, it's a good time. Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks vibes. Oh yeah, yeah. We forgot to mention Twin Peaks. The uh, Dirtfish Rally was the location of the sheriff state sheriff office on the uh, hit TV show Twin Peaks. So David Lynch in the mix. Um. All right, you guys ready for some trivia? Let's do it. 
Let's do it. Da, 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 do, 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 do. Uh, drivers in Massachusetts were um, confused when this type of animal ran into their car. They didn't hit it. They were actually stopped. And uh, this animal was seen running into cars confused in traffic. And, Any guesses? Uh, a kangaroo. Kangaroo in Massachusetts. Lane is first <laughs> with a guess. Um, well, it's probably something way out of the it, 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 some exotic well, import. Exotic imports, yeah. Lane, or exactly. <laughs> exotic, yeah, yeah. It was a captive import, actually. A captive import. Right. It was definitely captured somewhere and imported. Hmm. I'm gonna go with. I mean, if they were, they wouldn't be surprised if it was a deer, right, or something. So that's very, very true. I like your logic, Art. Please guess. Uh, some kind of leopard, spotted leopard. <laughs> it was a moose. Moose. There was a moose running loose, moose on the loose, on uh, the loose. and actually hitting cars, spinning around. Uh, looked a little confused, maybe drunk. Wow. Uh, they moose had to tranquilize huge it. Huge and dangerous. So that's really scary. They're. I think they have terrible eyesight. They're just yeah. big, mm. dumb animals. Maybe they drive. They like use their antlers to feel things, like a antenna. That's right. <laughs> Um, researchers from Purdue, uh, created something that we might be able to use on a car. Uh, any idea what it is? Use on a car? Yes. I mean, what, 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 the, what is this question, Warren? Let's see if you can guess. I mean, it's so vague. I'm not hearing answers. I use on a Still car. not hearing answers. They're, they're researching something you could use on a car. Mm, uh, okay. He earned a Guinness Book of World Records with this unusual development. Like, okay, well, can, like, can we get a little more uh, info here? Does it go in your engine or does it go in your interior? It goes on the outside, outside of the car. Okay, something on the car, literally. Hmm. Outside of your car. Guinness Book of World Records. Um. All right, you guys are refusing to answer, so I'm, I'll. Uh, I'm. I it's so no hard idea, to come. Dude. Like, yeah. Try to get. Just try to have you throw something on the wall and see if it sticks. Fucking Sheesh. trash compactor. I don't know, dude. Whoa, trash compactor trash on the outside. I like far. it. Um. What was the trash compactor in um, Back to the Future called? Uh, the Mister. Oh, never mind. No, isn't it Mister Garbage? Mister Garbage or Mister something, right? Colin, if you know, Mister Mister Plumber, um, oh, I would bubble wrap. I don't know, dude. Thank you, Art. The answer is <laughs> bubble wrap. No, uh, <laughs> they've developed the world's whitest paint. You know, there's a Vanta black, which is the dark yeah. black, yeah, darkest black paint. This is a paint that would reflect sunlight and thereby lower energy usage as a means of fighting climate change. So. The whitest of whites can now be had. Um, I don't know if they have a name for it, but uh, how do you get a world record for white paint? Like, how do you get more white <laughs> than white? So, so dumb. I don't uh, get this. Don't Is there a world record for like the whitest person? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. There must be. I guess, yeah. Is it there albino? Yeah, someone. I mean, that's. A yeah, thing, like an albino Norwegian. Is that what we're going for? Translucent. Um, all right, what Bucky Bucky Lassick. Bucky Lassick um, was born in 1972. When did he go pro as a skateboarder? Oh, 1991? 
That's a good guess. I'm going to say. 91 from Lane. Oh, Art. Mm. I'm going to go 93 on this. Lane knows better, though. Mm, Lane, Lane wins 1990. Oh, there you go. Uh, he was uh, a professional status with Powell Peralta. And uh, he was in the um, fourth Bones Brigade video, Public Domain, 1988. I, I love thinking about that. That's back in my that's my skateboarding era. Yeah, <laughs> Caballero and, and yeah. all those guys, dude. Mike McGill. So, so good. Yeah. Um, see, he's had 34 starts for um, Rallycross, Global Rallycross. Um, how many podium finishes? Oh, dang. Um. Oh, for a second there, I thought you said skate podium because skate, like he's dominating. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, I'm gonna like say cross. six. And I'm art. Say three. Three is the answer. Boom! Got it. Three, and uh, he has. I'm counting them now. One, two, three. Ten gold medal uh, X Game awards for uh, skateboarding invert. Vert doubles. Huh, what does that look like? Uh, vert best trick, etc. What is vert doubles? Uh, you have two guys, and it's basically like you're doing a. a, a you hold on to each other while you skate. Like, it's like jumping over each other and all that. Like he used to do that with Tony Hawk all the time. Uh, okay. You know, it's um, not like it's a almost piggyback. like it's almost like partners figure skating essentially. Right. Or those like, the divers, the divers that dive at the same time. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. It, yeah, I, if for anyone out there that hasn't seen Bucky skate, though, go watch uh, his section in the end is super cool, and it's kind of funny because it's, it's all the about him. The end is a Tony Hawk movie, right? It, it is produced by Tony Hawk, and it's all it's a birdhouse film from 99, I believe, but it's all it's basically him and Tony Hawk's shadow. like He's like doing a manicure on Tony Hawk's wife's feet. He's cooking Tony Hawk and his kids' breakfast. He's like mm. Tony Hawk's bitch, and his shirt says like "I am a bitch" or something on it, and uh, yeah, and then it's him kind of like, and then it progresses through, and it's like Tony, and it's like Bucky Lassick number one, Tony Hawk number two, and kind of that going in. It's pretty, it's super. Cool. Uh, if, that's cool. If Bucky is listening, um, he needs to update his Wikipedia page. <laughs> it is, it could be much more uh, engaging. Not even a photo. Come on. Wow. He probably Come didn't. On. He probably didn't do it himself. That's why. No, I'm sure he didn't. But uh, he should be controlling that info, right, Art? Maybe you should do it for him. Uh, All right, go on there and do that. That's an episode. That's it. We did it. We're out. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next time. Oh, quick shout out to uh, new patrons. If you're interested in joining Patreon, uh, Driving Awesome on Patreon, that would be great because when we do announce this rally upcoming, uh, you'll be first in line. So... Anyways, really appreciate it. And um, did you did you get that uh, podcast I recorded with Dusty Snowman Lane? I, did. I know you didn't. Okay, is that going to be Patreon or I don't know. Uh, just a what do we bonus do with app? That? That's a, that's I don't a know. Inside baseball. Yeah. I don't know. Well, talk. I just you know. I didn't even listen like, yet or do anything. But uh, yeah, it's we're about an hour long, so I don't know. Oh, nice. Is it good stuff? Yeah, no, it's terrible. I wouldn't. I wouldn't okay, publish it. <laughs> so we'll put it on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? We put the best stuff on Patreon. Is what you're supposed to say. Uh, okay. It's the inside baseball stuff. Um, yeah. So, anyways, patrons, you rock, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Later. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>